right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. Check out that mobile experience. Hell, if you know you're making model, you got your part that easy. All right, Kevin. It's all about that bumpy ride, controlling it, man. Nonsense on the road. Especially living up in Detroit City, man. You got to beat a shock and strut up. Man, you can beat a whole car up in Detroit, man. I don't know what it is. You cross the border to you know Ohio in the south. Nice and smooth. You cross the border to the north. You know, in Canada, brother. everything's smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Man, apparently we don't tax. We're too cheap to pay our taxes, I guess, man. Yeah, not enough people up there doing it. Um, Well, look, when it comes to, you know, just driving, the biggest thing that's going to affect your ride is what your shocks and struts are doing. Everybody knows that. You know, it's it's there's so many indicators, right? You got you got a tire that looks like, you know, somebody's slapping it in multiple ways that you just don't understand and can't figure out. Like what the hell? Why is it shedding tread all over the place like that? You know, you got just unstable highway speed. Like, wow, sure doesn't feel connected to the road. <laughs> uh everybody's seen the struts. I remember I had this this two eighty Z one time, maybe it was a three hundred, and the struts were so jacked up on it every time you would you would lift the car up over like a, a road that had any sort of bump or a hill. It would be so unstable. When it come back down, it would shoot left, right. You never knew which way it was going. Uh, I'm telling you, shocks and struts play such a significant role that wear and tear on suspension is crucial. It's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I've seen cars going down the road, and you got the one wheel just bouncing around. You know, like <laughs> just bouncing. Like, dude, your tire's getting shredded right now, and that's got to not be fun. You know, or you get in someone's ride that they're just all worn out. Like you said, there's absolutely zero control. You know, it gives you that kind of sinking, panicky feeling like, whoa, you know, I am not connected to this ground. You know, but if you think about your car, it's sitting on springs and, uh, you know, take any kind of spring, like whether it's a pendulum, just bounce it up and down. And once you hit a bump or you push down on a spring, it's just going to keep bouncing up and down. You know, until eventually internal friction within the spring itself gets a thing to stop, you know? So that's where that shock and strut comes in. It's controlling the amount of bounce 
of the vehicle, the tire, and keeping it planted, and that's what's gripping the road and doing what you're asking it to do. And yeah, it's you know, <laughs> most important is maintaining your car on the road because once those things go, oh my god, talk about fun factor. But even more important than fun factor is your safety. Yeah, you know, like. I don't know why anybody would drive around with some old, you know, shocks or struts because uh, I just don't feel good. You know, it's not fun to drive that way and it sure no. is not safe, you know, for you or your family or anybody else on the road. Uh, so, you know, these things wear out. And uh, man, when you put a fresh set of shoes on, you know, your tires are gripping, you put a fresh set of shocks and struts, man, you're like riding around in a new car. Oh, it's amazing. It, you're it's, like, man, I, I thought I needed a new car, but man, all I needed was a few shocks and struts and they're, you know, easy to put on. So that's always a great thing, you know? Yeah, man. And the environment they live in. So I live back out on a dirt road. I'm in Colorado. I'm two miles back and it's two miles of washboards. And man, oh. that'll rattle your teeth out, especially the old cars, like the old muscle cars. Oh my God! Newer cars only stay new out there uh, for about six, eight months. Then you start to get ticks, rattles, and noises, clunks, right? And then after a year, two years, forget about it. It's it's wreaked havoc on the suspension. We take old cars designed in the '60s that have old, worn-out shocks. It's, oh man, it'll rattle your cage, man. It is horrible. Just, my kids, no joke. One of my old beaters, I'll roll on the washboard, and my daughter starts singing. She's like, because eh, she she <laughs> likes the noise it makes when she's bouncing on the on the washboards she's the only one that's enjoying it the only one <laughs> well we got we got a cool surprise today I man we've got aaron schaefer he's a good friend of ours from years and years uh and he is director of marketing and product at kyb shocks so this is one of the premier uh oe suppliers around the world doesn't matter what what brand what vehicle these guys are probably on them uh, and they have a, a huge, huge inventory for just about everything aftermarket for replacement. So he is our go-to guy. Uh, he's a an ex-racer in the sprint car type series, man. This guy knows how to throw a car around. He knows how to wheel. He knows how to dial him in, tune him in. Uh, so like I said, man, he is our go-to guy for every Q&A we could possibly think of in terms of suspension, how it works, and tuning, man. So I'm pretty excited to dive right in with Aaron here right after break and, and have some fun. Yeah, man. Do you guys know how to tell if your shock or strut is, is going bad or is bad? Like, do you really know how to tell? Because you're about to learn how. All right, it's a break. We're back. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're back in just a minute. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. You got to check him out. I know I'd be tearing them things up. I'm an all-time year make model. Got you. You need brakes? Any application? Bird, you use them, right? Absolutely, man. What I love, 90-day return policy. That's so forgiving, man, because, you know, we get caught up. Uh, sometimes our projects don't go the way we want them to go. You got 90 days to send back anything you didn't need. I love it. And the savings you get, through the roof. Yeah, my wife ordered that option when we got married, and I was like, too bad, too bad. Um, <laughs> all right, we got to speak with our boy Aaron. KYB in the house, the man behind it, and I love this guy because he knows everything about what's going on with your shock, with your suspension, how to dial it, how to tweak it, how to get the most performance out of it. So, Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Always great having you, man. We love picking your brain. So, again, thanks for the time, brother. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. It's fun to be here. All right, man, first question. How do people know if their shocks or their struts are going bad? Give us a couple indicators 
of real deal signs that your shocks and your struts have seen better days? Good, uh, good question, Willie. Um, I think the biggest misconception is people think that as the shocks wear, the car is going to get floaty or, or ride like a boat. Um, the reality is, as the valves start to wear, the vehicle usually gets rougher and you start to get noise, vibration, and uh, more ride harshness that, that wasn't there before or wasn't there when the vehicle was new. The other thing that starts to happen is the shock isn't able to control the weight of the body in more aggressive situations. So you get a little bit more body roll when you're on an exit ramp. Um, may even start to engage your one, your crash avoidance system a little bit more often because you're getting more roll than what that vehicle was designed to have um, at that speed with that steering angle. And a pretty obvious one is just stopping, right? Um, when you hit the brakes, that nose should go down. Uh, it should recover to center very quickly. Um, but, you know, it, it, when they're worn and you stop, that nose keeps bobbing. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you hit on the harshness factor. And I think it goes against what, you know, a lot of people would assume. You know, you're damping your control kind of goes away. What happens in the shock? And maybe you need to go a little bit into you know, how it works at some point to, to explain that, but you know, it's definitely counterintuitive for, I think a lot of folks. Yeah, I, I think it is. And you know, shocks have gotten more and more advanced, um, but we're using a series of metal discs to control the fluid as it's flowing through the damper. Um, what starts that, that first stage valve is, is pretty thin and it moves pretty easily, uh, but it's also the first valve to wear out. Um, so as that valve wears out, you end up allowing too much fluid to flow um, under normal driving situation. So that fluid starts bumping up against your second stage valve more quickly than it was designed. And that second stage valve is a lot firmer. Um, so then the, the shock almost starts acting like a light switch mm. at that point where it's almost on and off. So instead of opening and closing slowly, it just gets harsher at steady speed. No, that makes a lot of sense. So oh, yeah. the valve thing is kind of complicated if you've never seen one, but you can imagine a piston, you know, that would fit inside the tube of a shock. Uh, and like I said, it's got a series of holes around it and, and discs, you know, thin wafer discs are sitting on top. And, and I would almost call it like a flapper valve because, you know, as fluids pushing, it lifts the disc off the hole, right? So it can leak fluid and then it can shut the other way and they can, you know, do a whole combination of these to try to get, um, you know, different speed regimes or whatever, different dynamics uh, within there. So yeah, these discs, they need to be so thin to be reactive, uh, but, you know, clearly it's very, I wouldn't say fragile, but I mean, it's got a fatigue on it. And maybe you can kind of give us a general idea uh, how many cycles, so up and down, up and down, this valve's got a flap you know, and move and bend essentially to open and close. How many cycles would you get within, I don't know, a number of miles or, or let's say. Yeah. It's, it's not abnormal for, for those valves to open and close somewhere between 1500 and 1900 times per mile. Uh, per mile. In, in small movements, <laughs> you know, it's, but you know, how many times can you bend a coat hanger before it breaks? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, my mama bent him over our behind several times, so I'm gonna say a lot. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Well, you know, when you think about that, and that's that's in normal driving. I, I was talking about, for example, I live about two miles back 
on a dirt road and it's just two miles of washboards. So, like I said, it is amazing to see how rapid, how rapidly a, a suspension will get torn apart on living in that type of environment. It's crazy. New cars ride like old cars inside eight months, a year. It's, it's insane to tear them up. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, more extreme situation certainly at uh, harsher movements. All of that end up wearing out the valves much, much quicker than they normally would. Yeah, man. So what do you do at KYB to help, you know, obviously these conditions, um, especially with the way shocks are evolving, uh, and they've really gotten, you know, it's crazy to see the evolution of shocks and some of these magna rides and things that they're doing now to try to dampen and, and, and keep that under control. What's KYB doing as the sort of company to go to uh, for all things aftermarket and OE replacement stuff? Well, we're... Um we have the the ability to be on test tracks quite a bit. So we're on test tracks with um, a lot of the OEMs really around the world. We have the world or the, the largest test track in Japan. Um, so we're developing the dampers and the valve codes for the, the next generation of vehicles. I, I think the thing that's interesting about us is um, manufacturers are getting more and more specialized with how they want to tune their suspensions. So the things that we're doing with one manufacturer to tune that vehicle's handling capabilities and ride characteristics are very, very different than what we're doing with another manufacturer. Um, Really, only if you're working with OEMs do you know uh, what OEMs want and how how the damping and how those characteristics are going to be dialed in with everything else in the suspension, and then how the crash avoidance systems are going to be calibrated uh, around that. So I think um, the biggest thing we're seeing is is OEM different OEMs wanting different capabilities and different characteristics. Well, and I think that's kind of important. And I kind of was alluding in in the beginning here when we kicked off the podcast that. Um, you know, a lot of times up my daily ride or whatever, I'll think, oh man, this thing's getting tired. I need to, I need to get a new ride. You know, however, how many years it is, and uh, you know, you go clean, you clean your car out, you wash it, you wax it, and you're like, well, man, that looks pretty nice. You know, and then same thing with how it's driving. Uh, you, you drive a vehicle and it just feels tired. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Tires yeah. can be huge, um, and OE tires yeah. they really do pick out the best of the best, the roundest of the tire. Um, but you know, you can, if you really want to step it up, you can do like road force balance. So they'll actually try to, you know, rotate the tire and the rim to try to, you know, offset any, you know, imbalance between the two. Uh, you know, you get a good set of shoes on there, good set of tires, but you throw tires and some shocks and you're going to go back to feeling like you had the new car, right? So if you ever get to a point where you're like, I need a new car. Just try getting some shocks and, and ma- you know, check your tires. If your tires are worn out, throw those on there. And all of a sudden you'll drive around and mm-hmm. it'll be whisper quiet again, super smooth. And then the fun factor will come flying at you too, right? Because it's going to go, you know, you bought that car because you liked, you know, maybe some features, but for a lot of us, we like the way it drove. And it's like you said, if you want, if you like the way it drove when you bought it new, if you you know, work with a company like KYB that understands what it means to get you back to new, that's what you're going to feel. Yeah, that, that that's exactly right. Um, you know, we, we, we know tires are, tires are huge. Um, and really what, what our product does is help 
that tire work as designed. You know, we want to give that vehicle the designed road traction it's uh, it's capable of. Um, you know, people don't hesitate to spend a lot of money on brakes, uh, but you can spend two thousand dollars on a brake job. There's no guarantee your car is going to stop the way it was designed. Like all that brake is going to do is slow down the wheel. Right. For, for a vehicle to stop the way it was designed, we need designed road traction. And that means the tires and the suspension need to be working as the OEM designed it to. Yeah. If you're nose diving, if you're flopping around, you're, you're not applying the brake and the tire to the ground. Yeah. It's amazing the difference on a skid pad and how much braking time you'll need when you're, when you're stretching shocks. Or You probably have some numbers. You've probably seen that, Aaron, right? You go to yeah. test tracks and it's a big difference. It's a really big difference. And, and here, this is something else that's kind of counterintuitive, but what have, if you have worn tires and or brakes and you start to stop, what happens is the, the wheel, the tire slips rather, right? Because you don't have traction. So now your ABS becomes engaged. So ABS really, really changed the distance that it takes to shop to stop on vehicles with worn shocks and struts. Because when you don't have the traction that vehicle thinks it should have, the ABS is engaged. Well, what ABS actually does is it takes away braking. Right. And let's go. Yeah. It lets go. That's exactly yeah. right. ABS lets go. So, and then it gets it again. Right. You know, but yeah. Yeah. So what we've seen um, from a lot of tests with uh, worn OEM units and, and competitor units is that generates a lot more ABS activity. And you could actually see, we've actually seen that the vehicle will almost accelerate several times under braking as those um, pulsations come on and off. Yeah. Yeah. And it can make a really big difference, but everything that happens in the dry is exaggerated in the wet. Right. So if, if somebody does a test and says, OK, well, this one, it stops, blah, 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 feet shorter or whatever uh, in the dry. We know from doing a test that you can, you know, and it is different vehicle by vehicle, case by case. But man, oh, man, does it get exaggerated in bad weather? Well, think about when you're driving. I mean, how many of us have been distracted even for a fraction of a second? You're looking in your mirror. Somebody's talking to you, changing the radio. And all of a sudden you see the cars in front of you and you go to slam on your brakes and you know you were right within you know a couple of feet you yeah. know of the car in front of you're like that was close now imagine if you didn't have that extra couple of feet right you just threw it away because you know something in your vehicle was not quite up to par you know so instead of replacing some worn out parts you're now replacing mm. the front yeah. end of your car and the back end of somebody else's yeah. car. yeah yeah or maybe worse. One thing I always get a kick out of are, are parents that have a car with 100,000 miles on it. Then they give it to their kid, right? So they, they give their child a car that doesn't have the handling capabilities, the control capabilities, the tires are worn, the shocks are worn. And then the parent gets upset when, uh, when the kid gets in a fender bender. And it's, I mean, it, an inexperienced driver, I wouldn't argue they deserve a new car but they probably should have a car that operates the way it was designed. <laughs> yeah, at least for the basic safety features. But hey, you know, some of us, that's where we learned all of our survival skills. Fair, right, fair. right. <laughs> <laughs> now, some of us didn't make it through. I feel bad for those. Some of the vehicles not. didn't make it through either, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, now we talked about, you know, you guys as far as, uh, you know, O-re replacement, getting back to what the factory 
uh, intended and designed and what you bought. But some some of us like to upgrade yeah. in some ways, whether it's you know performance vehicle, you know, in the hot rod scene or whatever else, or even you know we did a Jeep recently and um, you know upgraded the size of tire, you know the the drive line underneath of it, and we upgraded. Uh, the shocks and struts to go along with it. So what what are the kind of options that you guys have uh, for doing these upgrades, especially for people that are modifying their vehicles? Think about that, Aaron, because I know what you're going to do. You're going to tell us about the Mono Max, but we got to take a break in just a minute. We'll come back, let you answer that question and more all things suspension. It's your boy Aaron. It's KYB. We'll be back in just a minute on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. And today we have our boy Aaron from KYB. I'm telling you, we love picking this man's brain because he's done it. He's throwing these cars around, throwing these trucks around. He gets a test track in his backyard. He's all things suspension. And this man can teach us all a lot of great stuff. So, Aaron, when we left you, we were talking about upgrading. You know, we, we did a truck recently on the show. And, you know, a lot of people think, when they're upgrading, you know, to a lift kit, bigger tires, bigger brakes, sometimes they don't necessarily think shocks or what that shock is now responsible for, what its, what its new job is compared to the manufacturer's, you know, setup. So tell us a little bit about what happens when guys are putting, you know, like lift kits and, and such on trucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, a cu- couple things change. Um, you know, obviously, when you start to change the roll center on a vehicle, um, it's certainly we need a little bit more control. Uh, we need more damping to control that. Uh, but something else that people miss a lot is they just put bigger tires and wheels on. Um, you know, a larger tire and wheel can add 25, 30 pounds of unsprung weight to one corner. The, guy, the best OE shock in the world isn't going to work. They're not designed for that. They're 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 designed for the tire and wheel that it came with, and however much that tire and wheel weighs. A lot of really smart people um, are behind that. So, man, what one thing that I hope um, the listeners take away is if you do put on a bigger, heavier, larger tire and wheel, it is absolutely critical to uh, increase the damping of uh, of that shock and strut to help control that weight. Can you explain what happens? If they don't, what happens, you know, to that OE shock that was designed for much less weight, right? And how fast it wears out compared to what you guys have with, say, the Monomax. Yeah, well, yeah, the biggest thing, you know, you're going to wear out um, the OE shocks quicker and you're actually going to wear out your brakes a lot faster, too. Um, they're going to be asked to do a lot more work. Uh, road traction is going to be uh, reduced body roll is going to be increased, um, and ultimately um, you end up losing a lot of the the handling and control capabilities that were designed into that truck. Yeah, and that then such a significant impact on the way the truck feels when you're driving it to and from. Let alone if you're you know change you know changing lanes or uh, an on ramp and exit ramp anything like that where you got a lot of body roll involved with it. Yeah, yeah. So you know w- when we upgrade we. We definitely recommend that someone uses a, a, a monotube design um, like a KYB gas adjuster, a Monomax. It's got quite a bit more gas pressure, but it separates the gas and the oil. So you've got no foam, uh, no aeration. The fluid is under constant pressure from that gas, right? So it's going to react, push back, and do a really, really nice job of, of keeping that truck level 
um, in any any condition. Especially when you've got those washboards, when you've got the off-roading, or, or you know, performance on the track where you've got a lot of motion. Uh, like you said, keeping the oil and the air separated so you don't get the frothing because that's going to completely change the viscosity of the fluid. Completely. And that's what you're working with, right? You're working with the viscosity, uh, even the temperature, because viscosity is going to change over temperature, so you're not building up the heat. Uh, so really critical. And it's interesting because you're going from a twin tube to a monotube or a single tube. And so you think, well, I only got one tube. <laughs> How is that better? You know? <laughs> but yeah. it's the way that it's configured uh, to separate that gas. You can just see it rolling through their mind, right? It, how is one tube better than two tubes? Two tubes has to be better. You know? <laughs> but in reality, no. Yeah, yeah. But if you're using a vehicle aggressively or have bigger tires and wheels, a monotube is, is absolutely the, uh, the way to go. Yeah, I think that's one of the number one takeaways, guys. So anybody thinking about performance, whether it's truck, uh, car, you name it, if you're thinking performance, uh, start looking at a monotube type setup. That's that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, and and Aaron, for our more experienced drivers and and people around the track, they may be interested. Pick your brain. How do you set up your car? What corner do you set up first if you're going out on a road course? If you have some adjustable shocks uh, or have anything like that, how 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 do how does a person like yourself set their car up to get the most out of their suspension system? Yeah, well, the the biggest thing I'll say is don't change too much at once because you won't know what 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 he, he what did. did. I think that's a, that's a big mistake that people will make is they'll they'll go out they'll have every, they'll have everything set one way and then they'll change five things and some things probably helped and and some things didn't help. Um, so you know depending on what somebody's doing, my advice would be um, little changes at a time, um, you know, maybe just change the front dampers, maybe the rear dampers and, um, you know, never, ever underestimate the importance of, uh, of tires. Yeah. So back in your sprint car days, were you dirt or were you asphalt or a little bit of both? Uh, really just dirt. Um, we did, uh, we did some asphalt stuff when I was younger in the quarter midgets. And then that first time I went to a, a dirt sprint car race, I was hooked and there wasn't, there wasn't anything else that I wanted to do after that. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. Yeah. Will and I've got to drive some, uh, late model on dirt just for, for fun with Kenny Schrader years back. And, uh, it was an absolute riot. And, uh, you know, every time I see the guys out there, you know, running sprint on dirt, it's absolutely amazing. Um, my next lifetime, somehow I'm going to work my way into a car <laughs> uh, and, and get to run like you did and really kind of go balls out. Really awesome. Now, what are some of the major differences from a tuning aspect? Because you're the guy who knows kind of the inside out that you would do for a sprint car versus uh, just a road course car. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know as much about a road course car um, as I should. So I, it's a different world. Um, but I know with... Um, you know, or a street car yeah. per se, right? So yeah, I think that the biggest thing we did with the sprint car stuff, it was always we were always tuning one corner at a time, um, and just figuring out you know how much we wanted the car to roll. If we were getting down on the left rear too hard, or and wanted it to get over on the right rear from there, um, or how much we wanted to tie down the left front, um, depending on what the track was like. Um, so I think with, uh, with the dirt track stuff, it's really, really corner specific, um, with what you're feeling. Um, and I think with, um, most of the streetcar stuff, it generally ends up being front specific and, and rear specific. Um, so whatever you do to the front, we, you know, cause generally speaking, you're, you're turning left and right 
roughly an equal amount of times. And I understand in road racing, you're probably going to turn right a few more times, um, but to keep the front balanced and then make your changes to the rear and, uh, and keep that balanced as well. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, we're talking about, you know, adjustable shocks, which is something most of us uh, don't have, but a lot of us overbuy. <laughs> and then we're, right. we're, we're sitting there trying to figure out how to do it better than guys like you that are at the track that have data that do, you know, over and over again, every day, we're trying to, you know, outdo you guys. Um, but back to the, you know, kind of statements I made earlier. Uh, if you just have a car sitting on springs and think about just for a minute, taking the sway bars off, you know, the vehicle could just bounce up and down, but uh, you talk about body roll, it can just flop left and right. Uh, so it's really the shock, uh, you know, either doing, you know, compression, right? So whichever way the body's flopping, you use compression to uh, increase that, let's say, control from the flop, but you're transfer, you're transmitting load to those tires, right? And then you've got rebound, uh, right, which is the other side of the motion. So, yeah, it, it gets real confusing real fast on... Uh, what am I trying to do? Because you're just like the sway bar front and rear, you're trying to load tires and make them more or less efficient to get a car to rotate and to turn. Uh, so now you've got not only the spring, you know, applying some amount of load, you've got the sway bar trying to keep your car from flopping left and right, which is transferring load from one tire to another different from front and rear. When you adjust the sway bar, now you got the shock uh, whew. so there's a lot of layers on there. Like you said, uh, it's really just go to start turning a bunch of knobs and screws and sway bar adjustments. And you have no idea what you did. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you, you improved part of this corner and you screwed up the rest of the corners, you know, like, yeah, 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 exactly. And then, uh, then you end up having tires on the car that were from last year. So anything that you may have, uh, gained <laughs> right. there, you just, but you just threw away cause your tires are sealed up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Look, it happens. It happens, right? <laughs> this is one of those things. Uh, but man, it it does take time to dial it in and make it right. Uh, but most people that are out there looking for that OE performance, man, if you're fortunate enough to get your car back to that OE performance, you're doing better than most out there. And that's where you guys really have been great about giving people, uh, you know, you start out at that OE performance level and then improve upon that, which is something we always love about KYB. We always trust in you guys. Um, and, and that in itself has got to present a challenge. Yeah, well, I mean, that's always the goal, right? To, uh, of course, some folks um, want to upgrade and want more handling or control capabilities. Uh, but what most folks want is is really to restore the vehicle to exactly what it was um, when it was new. And that's, that's not always easy, um, but that's where being on the test tracks with the OEMs and knowing what they want on a valve code for a specific model or even a specific trim level. I mean, I... I think what most folks like the shocks that we sell for a Camry LE or the struts rather, they're different than the Camry SE. Um, not every company does that, but we do it because the damping rate's different and the overall length is a little different because that's how the OEM built it. Well, before we uh, before we have to you know call it a day, uh, you know we like to inspire a lot of the DIYers. Uh, you know, a lot of people that want to go and, and do it for me, they, they want to get educated, but then there's a lot of DIYers. So for anybody out there that's going to replace their shocks and struts, because that's a great DIY project for most folks. Yeah. What are the typical tips, you know, are things gone wrong that people would do uh, that, that they should try to avoid or, or to do correctly? That's, um, that's a great question. I think that a couple little things that I would say that would 
really, um, really save yourself a headache and a problem is when you're putting the new ones on, don't use vice grips. Um, we've seen it too much. Even some, some professional technicians, the biggest warranty to, uh, returns we get are people use vice grips to put the top nut on. Um, you know, the other things I would, there's, there's torque specs, um, for shocks and struts for, you know, whether it's a through bolt on the bottom or the top nut, follow the torque specs and don't, don't use an air gun. Um, you can, you can even spin the shaft and actually heat up that top seal, um, uh, pretty good and start, start to burn it out. So follow the torque specs. And then when you do your final torque, just let the vehicle be on the ground. Um, you know, you don't want uh, tires and wheels hanging down and tightening it up that way. Something might bind up. Um, I think those are the, uh, the biggest things that can, uh, really avoid headaches. Yeah. What he meant with, uh, using an air gun, you can put the nut back on the top shaft. Uh, and like I said, you can spin the actual shaft and the piston inside with the, I assume it's some kind of a rubber type seal. Uh, so you spin that sucker up real fast and yeah, you can smoke the rubber seal on it before you ever get the thing bolted up. That's not how they're designed to work, yeah. right? They're designed right. to, ro they can rotate a little bit. Um, Sure, but yeah, they're not designed to be spun at a couple thousand RPM. <laughs> and there's a feature right there on the top of the shaft. You just look for it. It's either a flat, you know, you can put a wrench on or an Allen key that you can hold, hold the shaft it. and then you can turn right the nut the to nut. the right torque spec. So yeah, great simple things to uh It's like adjust a float on an old holly, man. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And next thing you know, you can ride out doing the work yourself in what feels like almost a brand new vehicle. Such a big difference and impact in the way that car feels and how it performs when you just put shocks and struts on it. It's it's a night and day difference, and I think it's an, a very under sort of appreciated part. I think too many people are told that they need it when maybe they don't, but I think that part, that component is underappreciated when people are out there getting cars and thinking about, okay, how do I Put a little more life in my car um that's something they they tend to not to think about but absolutely should be right on top of that list it's the way to get that that new car mm. smell back yeah essentially right i want to get that new car smell well that is probably the number one thing you can do besides washing your car and cleaning it to make it feel and look good inside where you have to touch everything and get those sticky things from your kids <laughs> off the seats and whatever else but you throw some shocks on there and like Aaron said, man, yeah. tires are key too. So if you got those things fresh, your car is going to feel like yeah. when you bought it. And you don't have to go <laughs> drive around every day going, man, I wish I had a new car. There's there was no reason, right? Save yourself tens of thousands of dollars, you know? Yeah, man. And a big, ugly monthly payment. If you can uh, find a I, new car these days. Right. <laughs> yeah, true yeah, that. No doubt. Fact. Uh, so even more reason to upgrade your old car with KYB. Where do people find more about KYB? Maybe social, maybe online. Give us the route. Yeah, KYB.com. Um, right, we got a lot right on our homepage. Scroll down. We've got KYB TV. So we release a new video uh, every month for folks. Uh, we've got a catalog right on our homepage where you can uh, figure out, you know, what um, the choices that we'll have for for your vehicle. And right on our page, you can find where to buy. Uh, whether you want to buy from a local parts store or find a shop that um, can uh, can install parts for you. 
Awesome, man. Well, we always appreciate partnering up on the show with you and the great stuff you guys are bringing to the table, uh, as always, man. So uh, it's great just picking your brain on all things KYB, suspension, uh, and, of course, those those lovely shocks and struts, man. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, bro. Uh, hey, don't forget about the show. Air Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings and throw a fit if it's not on there. Uh, we're also streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great way to find us. Uh, thanks to our guest, Aaron from KYB, you guys. They are absolutely fantastic. My man, Kevin Bird, producer Scoop, executive producer Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. And we're on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. On Two Guys Garage Podcast, it's a copyright 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. You know, it's funny. I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I really should upgrade the stretch of my little my little beater car. Because like I said, I always I, I beat the heck out of my little 2004 Dodge Durango. <laughs> it's got 200 plus oh, thousand yeah. miles. But two miles of washboard several times a day. And I felt like the only thing that's keeping me from doing that is my daughter when she goes uh, on the washboards. <laughs> she would, I, I would actually miss that. So uh, I'm going to wait till she outgrows that and then I'm going to replace them because they suck. They yeah, suck. let me know. Let me know. We'll, we'll get you sent out to you. <laughs> uh, awesome, man. Aaron, you're the best, brother. Thank you a million times Thanks, over. Man. You guys are awesome. Uh, KYB, uh, they, are, they are absolutely top notch if you're replacing anything on your ride, man. Bring some light back to it. Bird, all the bumps, man. We knocked them out. We beat the brakes off of it. <laughs> That's right, man. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.